Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Can we actually skip Thursday Night Football? Is that possible? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I mean, unless you're, you know, you have a fetish for the under and you've watched every Iowa game this year, Joe, uh, not the best of matchups, which is why we are headed straight for Cowboys-Eagles on Sunday in Dallas. What's up, big cat? What is it about football teams that wear black and yellow? Because every single Iowa game had a total of like 30. The Steeler Patriot game is sitting on a total of like 30. I mean, is it the colors? Also, congratulations. We are 54 seconds into the show and you haven't sneezed yet. Well done. Yes. Or blown my nose. Yeah. Operative word being yet. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can listen to us on Sirius XM Channel 80 on the ESPN app on your smart speaker. And we want you to be a part of the program on the Dr. Pepper Carlin line. It's right there for you, Carlin versus Joe Nation, which we have not really renamed yet. It is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. We spent some time yesterday talking about the importance of Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday and truly who it actually means more to. But when you look at what is on the line here, Joe, for both of these teams, there is no question there is a lot. And for me, when I look at the Dallas Cowboys, And the Philadelphia Eagles this week, the biggest question that comes out of it for me is, which of these teams is more equipped to go on the road in the playoffs and win? Because in a lot of ways, that's really what is at at stake Sunday. Got to be able to do two things well on the road. Number one, protect. Number two, play defense. If you can't do either of those things, you can't win on the road in marquee spots. Both teams have had issues on the road this season. Philadelphia, at the very least, found a way to win a big Monday night game at Arrowhead. Going into that environment, in that situation, against Patrick Mahomes and finding a way to get a win, huge. Uh Let's me know that, you know what, maybe in the toughest of spots, Philadelphia can come through. Dallas is the one where it's a big question. They've been a tale of two teams this year. At home, 6-0, scoring over 40 points per game. On the road, 3-3, scoring about 24 points per game. Lost in a blowout fashion to the Niners. Lost in a close game where they had an opportunity to win and blew it in Philadelphia against the Eagles. And then got upset in Arizona. There's a lot of questions when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys. And people the last few weeks don't necessarily want to focus on them because Dallas has been playing, quote, so well. They look so good. They're not beating anybody. This is one of those games that can start to answer some questions when it comes to whether or not you can beat good teams. But I don't know if I trust them on the road in the postseason, given what I've seen this year and in the past. And nor should you. And when I look at them, I don't know that I would feel great about them 
winning in Philadelphia. I know that I wouldn't. I know that I wouldn't feel great about them winning in uh, certainly in San Francisco. And I don't know that I would feel great about them winning in Detroit, which is really what lays out why this is such a big game for them. But what is actually the approach to going toward trying to win this game? Interesting take here from Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst on NFL Live. This I morning. want to see the run game get going. Just some explosive runs. I'm not talking about handing it off 30 times in this game. Obviously, the Cowboys are what they are because of what Dak is doing and pushing the ball downfield to these weapons. But I think this is another layer that they have to get going. But I think if you Dallas and you're thinking about not only this Philly game, but as you push forward, these games become much and much easier if you add this element. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't buy it for a second. Not for one second. If I'm the Cowboys, am I trying to run the football even more? Joe, since week eight, Dak has thrown 20 touchdowns and has two picks. Okay? That is ridiculous. Since week eight, the Eagles have allowed 15 touchdown passes and have just three interceptions. Can we keep this simple, please? Can we attack like you should at a weakness of another team and make them pay for it? Because as you have been saying for weeks, this Eagles secondary that is there to be had, especially in this kind of situation. Which is shocking because Darius yeah. Slay is back. James Bradbury is back. You traded for Kevin Byard from Tennessee, and your secondary stinks. I mean, they stink right now. You can get some pressure up front, but this is the problem to the original point of whether or not these teams can go on the road and win in the playoffs. On the road, you don't have the benefit of the crowd noise disrupting the communication between the quarterback and the offensive line. Therefore, the defense doesn't have the advantage that you see at home. This is why teams like Minnesota are much better at home than they are on the road. That crowd noise defensively always makes them look better than they are, and then they go out on the road and they get lit up. Good defenses like San Francisco, Baltimore, they can play well in any location. For the Cowboys, yeah, you want to be throwing the ball all over the lot. You want to attack these guys. Dak's your star player. This is a huge game. Dak's been playing well. What math isn't adding up to where we don't want the ball in his hands in this matchup here? He's put those numbers up on the backs of, oh, I don't know, tore up Seattle last week. Their defense stinks. Tore up the Commanders before that. Their defense stinks. The Panthers before that and the Giants before that. He has had the opportunity to destroy these defenses. If anything, I disagree with Spears in that I want to see Dak tear up a team like this. Show me that it's not just the commanders and the Giants and the the Panthers that you can tear up defensively. Show me you can get a team like this so that I have the confidence to put the ball in your hands in the biggest games once we get to the postseason. And what else is it going to do for Dak? It is going to enhance those MVP chances. If he goes and rips up the Eagles, people are not going to be thinking about the fact that that secondary has been so bad. They're going to be thinking about the fact that, wow, Dak just did that to the Philadelphia Eagles. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. On the flip side, listen, I was talking yesterday about how this game is actually more important for Philadelphia. And it's not from a standpoint of they can't go and win on the road. They absolutely can go and win on the road because they have done it before. I believe in their ability to win in San Francisco. I certainly believe in their ability to win in Dallas. They could go win three road games and go to the Super Bowl. There's no reason not to think that. But why this is more important, Joe, is that they mentally need to make sure that they are still in a confident place. 
But even last night, as I was thinking about that, right, you know, you you get to losing two in a row and then you start thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe this is getting away from us a little bit. And then I realized we're dealing with the city of Philadelphia. We're dealing with the Philadelphia Eagles. What are they going to do as soon as they are in the crosshairs of everybody else criticizing them and all of a sudden it's falling apart on the Eagles? I mean, I understand that nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Mm, Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. Even if they lost this game, that the Eagles could actually end up benefiting from that. Eagles lose this game. The first thing you do if you're Nick Sirianni when you get the team together, oh, he'll eat it up. Is you look at him and you say, "This isn't anything new. We were here this year, this time last year. Same thing last year. Hurts got banged up in that Bears game. They barely got by Chicago. They won that game 25-20. After that, they turned it over to Minshew. They went to Dallas." They played a spirited game. They had a real shot in that one, but they lost 40-35, and people started questioning the one seed a little bit. Following week, they lost to New Orleans, if you remember that game. Yep. They were awful in that game against the Saints, absolutely putrid, and they lost that matchup as well. And now, all of a sudden, Week 18 took on some meeting. So they came out, they handled the Giants, and they got their bye week. But they've been here before. They understand, like anybody else, that there are going to be ebbs and flows to the season. San Francisco, every year under Kyle Shanahan, has a dark spot. This Usually it's in the beginning of the season. The Super Bowl year, it was later. They had the loss to Atlanta at home that wasn't very good. Uh, this season, they had that stretch of a few games where everyone started doubting them, and now they're playing great football. The Eagles are going through something like that right now. The idea of these teams going 15-2 and two is just absurd. Absurd. Everyone's going to have an up and a down. And for Philly, quarterback's a little banged up. And on top of that, look at the stretch the schedule makers gave them. Not an excuse, but there's a reason why they don't look as great. Kansas City on the road, followed by Buffalo, followed by San Francisco, followed by Dallas on the road. Yeah, you're, you're going to look a little bit mortal in those matchups. Belief level in the Eagles winning three games on the road in the postseason is what for you? Not high. I, it can be done. I have, I have, it's not going to surprise me, but you got to understand as we sit today, the Eagles currently rank 24th in the NFL in defensive efficiency yep. and 30th in EPA, expected points added. Their defense is not of the caliber of a championship level football team. That's the problem right now. That defense is not going to go on the road and win three games in a row. They can, but it's unlikely in my opinion. See, I'm not, to, I'm not there yet to say it's unlikely because there's one thing that they are capable of doing that I don't think that they have done at their best yet, and that is get to the quarterback. Like, if the Eagles are going to find ways to get to the quarterback and they're going to do it with four, that's going to change the entire dynamic. And I don't think they've played their best football with pass rushing, but I think it's still yet to come. Right now, the Eagles are probably you know, maybe 12th, 13th in the league in sacks on the season. They start adding more and more pressure into this, and I I think that aspect of their game is only going to get better here going forward. I feel like that is going to be the biggest thing that they need to help cover up some of these other issues. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You're really clinging to this short-sleeve Hawaiian shirt situation, even though you've moved to Connecticut. What's going on there? They take up less room in the suitcase than sweaters. And I could only move so much stuff here. So I actually shipping am, the sweaters. I'm actually shipping boxes of clothes to my direct supervisor. So let me freeze 
and I'll deal with it for a month before my family gets here. I did bring a very nice winter jacket that I bought 10 years ago, wore once, and then moved west and never got to use it. I, I flew it across the country. So I do have that. I'm, I'm so thrilled to wear it. It's so not stylish anymore, but it was back then. So I'm pretending we're in 2010. Okay. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I, too, am, am you know, the guy that would be outside shoveling snow wearing shorts. So I'm not going to well, criticize it. That's a, that's a fat guy kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So who am I to <laughs> criticize you wearing short sleeve shirts in 35-degree weather? Uh, I have asked, as you heard earlier, if we could just flat out skip Thursday Night Football altogether. But we do have the perfect distraction for you tonight. It's next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Nice little night last night. 1-0 with the Jokic rebound prop. Up a unit. Overall, 96-98-2. Down 11.48 units. So a run's going to be coming. I just don't know when that's going to be. Let's do both in-season tournament games tonight, shall we? We'll begin by taking underdog Indiana plus 5.5 over Milwaukee. Betting on shooting regression here. Milwaukee shot 60% from the floor and 60% from deep in that win against the Knicks. That's not sustainable. And when that drops off, it's going to open up an opportunity for the other team to capitalize. Enter the Indiana Pacers. Give me Indiana plus five and a half. In the night game, we're going to take the dog there as well. Pelicans plus one and a half over the Lakers. This version of the Pelicans, very different than the early season version of the Pelicans. First 10 games, they were four and six, bottom 10 in the NBA in offensive and defensive efficiency. Last 12 games, eight and four, top eight in both offensive and defensive efficiency. I've seen the Lakers play really well this year, but I've also seen the floor, i.e. the Philadelphia game when they lost by 40. Those games are possible too. Pizza Money's one and two. Indiana plus five and a half over Milwaukee. New Orleans plus one and a half over the Lakers. 
got the greatest competitors in the world fighting for something, so let's fight. So what will it mean for LeBron's legacy? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I have been into the tournament, and I will be watching and listening tonight. At 5 p.m. Eastern, you've got the Pacers and the Bucks. That game's on ESPN, and our coverage on ESPN Radio begins at 4.30 p.m. And then at 9 p.m. Eastern, Lakers-Pelicans on TNT and also on ESPN Radio. And, by the way, how about this? In between games, Adam Silver is scheduled to join us here on ESPN Radio. I am looking forward to that. How about that? Mm, I dig that. That is big. So the commissioner will be speaking up a little bit more later on. He has found his way to the microphone a bit the last couple of days, but that's neither here nor there at this point. Uh, Joseph, you know, we joke. LeBron's legacy. What does this mean for him and all this kind of stuff? It's all fine. Um I do think that when it comes to his need to win and he has been fighting these ghosts or chasing these ghosts for his entire career, scrapping and clawing at every last bit of what the legacy is, is something that is very real in his mind. So while I don't know that me as a fan, I'm going to look at it a whole lot differently for him. He is what he is, and that is the second greatest player of all time. But at the same time, if it means something to him, it means I'm getting the best out of him. Uh, Rarely do I not, but it means I'm really going to get a motivated LeBron, and I am here for that. I think that's the most important thing here. I think as the face of the NBA, he understands his responsibility to the NBA. They are trying to get the fans into this. They are trying to make this a thing. They are trying to get people talking about this rather than load management, the face of which is Kawhi Leonard and anyone else that plays for the Clippers. LeBron is out there playing 40 minutes a night. He's spoken that he wants to win this. His actions back up his words. What is this going to mean in the race against Jordan? Probably nothing in the eyes of many. But I love this because you can't have it both ways if you want to complain about the NBA. You can't sit here and say these guys don't take it seriously. They mail it in. They're overpaid. They're prima donnas. And then knock James and say what he's doing doesn't matter. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. People get upset with load management. I get upset with load management. I hate the fact that every now and again, there's a matchup of Jokic versus Giannis or whatever it may be, and both guys are out because it's their fourth game in fifth nights or whatever the situation calls for. I get why they rest, but it kills the excitement during the regular season. We spent all week talking about Cowboys-Eagles because we know the game matters. So many of these NBA games look like they could matter, and then they don't. This game tonight matters. LeBron tells us it matters. He says he wants to win. He's backing it up with his actions. And I think that's the most important thing to take away from this, is that the face of the NBA is doing everything he can to get behind the NBA's initiative here. And that's what the superstars do. That's what the transcendent talents do. They understand how to take everything around them and elevate it. They called Adam Silver a genius for all of this you know, for putting this together because the players are so into it. Here he is asked at the uh, press conference in Vegas, getting ready for here, the semifinals uh, about his preparation for this tournament. And if it's any different. I don't know, just a, a game. We're going to prepare. We, we understand what's at, what's at stake being a first in-season tournament, but it's not. I'm not adding no pressure to my teammates. It's, it's still game 23. I'm not adding no pressure to my teammates. We're going to go out and play our game. Man, win, lose, or draw, we'll be, we'll be all right. Yeah, listen. Fair. 
Uh, yeah. And uh, we understand ultimately what is going to matter the most. But when LeBron's into it and we start piling up some of the achievements, I, I do think the fact that he went to as many NBA finals in a row, what, 10 in a row, or and nine in a no, row, I whatever the was. number was, nine, yeah, um, is among the greatest achievements that we'll ever see. But I listen, do I treat the championship one inside the bubble as a, an AAU trophy? Basically, I do. I think it's a summer camp championship. And I, I think we talk about LeBron wanting to win this now. And in the moment, he, now he will be motivated. But in a few years, you know, like he'll be going to the fridge and grabbing the NBA cup and putting some soda in there. <laughs> <laughs> For the guys who are pro Jordan over LeBron, I don't think anything's ever going to change their opinion. Outside of LeBron doing something he can't do, which is win, I don't know, five, six more titles, right. the way Brady surged past Montana. That's not going to happen, so the Jordan guys are always going to continue to defend Jordan. LeBron's reputation, LeBron's place in history will get better and better the further we get removed from his career because we'll remember him. The haters will remember him more fondly as time goes on. Just now that it's happening in the moment, there's an opportunity to hate. But while we focus on what this means for his legacy, which is very little, it's an in-season tournament, it would look great to have it, but it's not going to swing the balance of power from Jordan to him. I do want to point this out because I haven't heard anyone talking about this today, and I think it's more the more important angle in this game. This is the biggest game of Zion Williamson's career. Oh, yeah. Tonight, he is playing Great the biggest point. game of his career. And people could say, well, it's only the in-season tournament. We've never seen him in a playoff game. We have heard about him for a decade. We watched him come up through high school. We watched him at Duke. We've watched him throughout his career, the injuries, the contract, the off-the-court stuff. His team is playing well right now. Eight and four over their last 12. Top eight in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They are in the final four. They are going against LeBron and the Lakers for a chance to get to the in-season final. That might not mean a lot to many people, but this is the biggest game he's ever played in his NBA career, and it's an opportunity for him to start to put some of that positive shine back on his career because over the last couple years, it's been nothing but negative because he can't keep himself on the court. Yeah, and but let me ask you this question because you were getting into uh, – you gave us a couple in the pizza money already, okay? But let me throw a different one at you. Because of that, and because LeBron and AD understand what Zion is and what he can be, how do you approach the Zion props tonight? Because I'm kind of thinking, right now I'm looking at ESPN bet, and at minus 105, over 23 and a half, I'm, I'm kind of like the under is minus 125. Everybody thinks that they're going to be going out of their way to shut him down every way they possibly can. He's got a lot of weapons around him as well. That's the thing. They Brandon Ingram's at the same number, by the way. Yeah, They don't need Zion to go out and drop 30. Like, the Sixers are going to need 40-point games from Joel Embiid, right? Right. Like Milwaukee can share it a little bit between Giannis and Lillard. With the Pelicans, they don't need Zion to go drop 35 to win this game tonight. He can drop 20 and give you 12 boards and give you 8 assists and give you 3 blocks and give you a steal. He can give you that type of night, and you can lean on guys like Brandon Ingram to handle some of that workload as well. I mean, first thought is an overplay, but I saw some money start to come in on the under. So if the overall unders drop it makes me hesitant about individual player prop overs. Meanwhile, in the other game, Indiana-Milwaukee, that total is so high, you want to correlate your overs there with guys in scoring, made three-pointers, things of that nature. Is that a trap? 
the over in that game? I would not bet it because I think it's an inflated number based on what we just saw right. from both teams in their last game yeah. out. But that doesn't mean I would play the under because right. you could play the under and get 80 points in the first quarter and then you're already in the hole. Here's what we all need to learn, me especially, as what I would term an undisciplined gambler. <laughs> when to lay off. Yeah. Yeah. When to just sit back. We got a lot of options tonight. Perhaps we'll find you something in the Steeler Patriot game. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You know, there have been a lot of developments over the last couple of weeks when it comes to the top prospects and whether they're coming out or they're staying in college in the NFL. Well, we get more answers on where that is headed and the wild card quarterback in this class. It's all next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Can we say the Patriot Way is done? Like the uh, Patriot yeah. Way can hit the highway. As soon as Tom Brady went down to Tampa, the Patriot Way was over. President of the Patriots, I'm not really sure what that means either. But I mean, we're going to do the best we can to prepare the team and, and compete every week. Interesting comments today from a respected, for sure, talent evaluator, and going to bring it up with our guy Mel Kuyper Jr. right now. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, presented by Progressive Insurance. Mel joins us each and every week at this time. ESPN Draft Analyst, co-host of Darian Mel on ESPN Radio. That's on Saturday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, and of course, the first draft podcast. Mel, how we doing? I'm doing great, guys. Outstanding. Let's start here. Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, was on with Kevin Clark, uh, you know, on, on his podcast on Omaha and ESPN, that this is football podcast, and was asked by Kevin if he would trust Bill Belichick with a young quarterback out of college. Here is his response. It feels to me that you can – it's an unbelievable run. He'll land – he's going to get another gig in two seconds yep. to offset. You'll want, you won't have to pay him anything because he'll get, he'll get all that money somewhere else. I think it should – it feels to me like it's a fresh start. It's a new quarterback. It's a new coach. Let's see if they can get let them go on this next decades-long uh, run. Mel, what do you think? 
Daniel's got a point about the fresh start and the new quarterback. I say this, Bill Belichick is a defensive guy. That's what he made his mark with as a defensive coordinator with Parcells. You think about offense, it's got to be the coordinator of the quarterback coach. Do you trust him to have the right guy and stick with that person and have continuity? That's the most important thing. Don't take a Joe Judge and say, hey, go to Mac Jones. And Mac Jones didn't get a fair shake there because of the changes that took place and who was around him. Bill O'Brien's always done a good job. But again, continuity, having the right person as quarterback coach coordinator is the key. I would think this. The debate there is, do you go with a Bobby Slowick? That would be my guy. Do you? Okay. Bobby Slowick is in Houston with, with C.J. Stroud. He's the coordinator. Was in San Francisco with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan. His dad, Bob Slowick, had coached with Mike Shanahan at Washington and at Denver. And, by, and around, obviously, Shanahan way on offense. Bobby Slowick, if you're going to say bringing somebody in new who can be that guy with the quarterback, have that great offense, that Shanahan-style offense, develop the quarterback, Bobby Slowick. He's 36 years of age. He's at Houston now doing a heck of a job. That's the decision. I would have to make move forward with Bill Belichick or go completely different direction with Bobby Slowick. So if you turn the reins over to Belichick, you'd probably have to give him three or so more years. Do you trust that he could go out there and find the right guy to develop? Or do you think he just sticks with O'Brien and what they're doing right now, which could be problematic? O'Brien's always over his history done a good job, uh, Joe. And that's that's the thing. Do you trust him to have well, O'Brien and the right people around that young quarterback coming in and stay with it for a three to five year period or longer? Uh, you know, I always believe I'm a player guy. Players make coaches. Not many coaches, any coaches, win without having great players. I think the greatest coach of all, the, for me, the greatest coaching feat of all time, guys, was Joe Gibbs. The great Joe Gibbs with the Washington Redskins won Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, and Mark Rippon. Never been done in the history of the NFL. Never will be ever done again. That's the greatest feat of a head coach in the NFL was the Washington Redskins with Joe Gibbs and those three quarterbacks winning Super Bowls. So, uh, yeah, again, but there was great talent around those quarterbacks. No question about it. And Joe Theismann was a heck of a quarterback. Doug Williams and Mark Rippon as well. But, again, to do that, you're never going to see it again. So I'm always player over the coach. Again, go back in history. What teams won Super Bowls without having great players? Not now, many. the coach can't screw it up. I get that. But great players make coaches. Mel Kuyper Jr., you know the voice. He, of course, of the First Draft podcast and uh, Darian Mel on ESPN Radio. Mel's got a great column up on ESPN.com right now. 30 questions for the 2024 NFL Draft, and we're going to ask Mel a couple of our favorites here. Let's start here. Mel, Caleb Williams, is he locked in as the clear number one quarterback? No doubt. It could have been a two-horse situation. It could have been affirmed in Alidar coming down the stretch, right, with Drake May, but Drake May didn't have that phenomenal year. The Virginia game was a head-scratcher. Some other games, the NC State game, head-scratchers. Missing easy throws, not precise with his passing. Talented as heck, great kid, love him, but he didn't put together the year needed to challenge Caleb Williams. All right, so we hear a lot about Williams. We hear a lot about Drake May. If there's a wild card quarterback in this class, who would that be? That would be J.J. McCarthy. I just have not been able to figure him out. I was talking to different various people, and I said, just tell me what you think. Cause I, you can just say, I don't know. I don't know what to make of J.J. McCarthy as where should I put him on the board? How do I feel about him? I like him. I wanted to love J.J. McCarthy, and the opportunity was there late, but Think about the Penn State game. They didn't throw any passes. One pass in the second half. Think about the Maryland game, not 100%. The interception right before the half. Three picks early in the year. 
against Bowling Green. You haven't had that opportunity to really see him over a period of time go out and look like a wow quarterback. Okay, He has the talent. He's got the mindset, the competitiveness, the desire to be great. Jim Harbaugh loves him. He's just, for me, I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more of those all-inspiring wow moments that I know and I can clearly can say I really like them. Now, you might be wrong when guys you really love and like, but I want to be able to say that emphatically, and right now I can't do it. Mel, wide receivers, loaded class. Marvin Harrison, how high do you expect him to go? No later than two or three. I mean, wow. if you go quarterback over receiver, if you need the quarterback, you would go quarterback. Even if they're close, you go quarterback, right? If you need one, you take the quarterback over the receiver. If you want to say, hey, Arizona would be a great spot because you have Kyler and you bring in Marvin Harrison Jr. So to me, that's the guy, the next guy after the quarterbacks, whether it, Caleb goes one, which we expect him to be the number one pick. Drake may go slides in second because he's the quarterback and you got to have that. Marvin Harrison will be no later than three. If you say, okay, Drake hasn't had the great year. Marvin's the best player on the board. And you can make a strong argument, guys, the best player in this draft at any position is Marvin Harrison Jr. Top edge rusher as of right now. You know, it's Layatu Latu, uh, Joe, from UCLA. And the question would be at the Combine, the medical. Remember, he had the injury at Washington. Then he had to move on to UCLA. Ironically, the comp for me would be Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips had to leave UCLA injury, right? Then he went to Miami, and he became a mid-first-round pick. had a heck of a career in the NFL so far. So, to me, Layatu Latu from UCLA is the best pass rusher getting off the edge. He understands the technique, the bend, the hand usage, everything about him, the various pass rush moves is NFL ready. Mel Kuyper Jr., a couple of more real quick, Mel. Your favorite prospect to pro comparison in the draft? You know, it's that one. It's, it's Layatu, Latu, and Jalen Phillips. I'll give you another one. Romo Dunze, wide receiver Washington to Jamar Chase. Oh. oh, 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 oh. Mel. I don't think we were prepared for such force. No. no. <laughs> what do you got there? That's How like is the pumpkin it? pie pick, Joe, right? Yeah, pumpkin pie pick 10 and 1, Mel. We're 10 and 1 now. I got you, pal. We people, only... are, people are clamoring. The ratings are through the roof because of that pumpkin pie pick. Are you kidding it's me? 9 30 a.m. every Saturday, ESPN Radio, highest rated radio segment of the week. No question. Uh, <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals are sitting on two first rounders after that trade with Houston last year. Do you think stick with Kyler Murray and build around him, or do you think trade Kyler Murray and then find your next quarterback in this year's class? I'm with Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray has already shown what he can do. And late great Bill Walsh always said, hey, to me, I remember talking to Bill Walsh prior to the expansion draft when Carolina and Jacksonville came in. And we had an incredible conversation. I learned so much from that hour, hour and a half with Bill Walsh. And once you see it, it's up to the coaches to maintain it. And we've seen it with Kyler Murray now maintain it. Now, in that building, they know, is he the first one in, last one out, that the players galvanize around them? They know all that intangible stuff. That's up to them to figure out the eye test he passes, the production, the performance he passes that. He's young. He's still got room to develop and improve. Yeah, I'm sticking with Kyler Murray. Mel, just want to go back real quick. we got 30 seconds. Why the comparison to Jamar Chase? Just the physicality, the Booger McFarland favorite word. Uh, you know, Boog loves physicality. I, I love the way he attacks the ball. He high points at the catch radius. Uh, the fact that he's been dominant in every game. He can return a punt for a touchdown like he did when you needed it. He can go in reverses. He can go jet sweep. He can do everything you want a receiver who's about 6'2", 6'3", 215 pounds to do. 
Love it. Love it, Mel. And as usual, outstanding, even during the break, giving us the proper pumpkin pie to uh, a whipped cream ratio and the technique. way he handles it's the right that. technique. Yep. The man is in love with the process. That's what I would uh, say about it. It's all Mel. about the process, guys. Yep. <laughs> Mel Kuyper Jr., Daria Mel, Saturday morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, the First Draft Podcast, and of course, our best draft analyst, the best one on the planet. Mel, thanks, brother. Have a great day, guys. Always you a too. pleasure. Thanks, Mel. Hey, while we wait for NFL teams to make some big moves, one Major League Baseball team made a massive move. That's after Joe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have both the knowledge and the experience to answer all of your toughest questions. Keep in mind that their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. That's even more important. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Yankees officially acquiring outfielder Juan Soto, according to ESPN's Jeff Passan. The Yankees finished 25th in Major League Baseball in runs scored last year and came into this offseason looking to get better on offense. With Stanton and Judge, that has Yankee power written all over it. If you're the Yankees, this is a move you have to make because I think last year, the way it bottomed down for them and they had the worst season in 30 years, they had to act. And Juan Soto was a heck of a good first step. This is the Yankees of old. This is the George Yankees right here. That, that's what that is. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The big news, of course, the Yankees in baseball getting Juan Soto. That deal finally done with the Padres as they give up a bunch of pitchers, but not... Not the highest level guys that they had. Clearly a salary dump by the Padres. But the Yankees, Joe... Um, I wouldn't say rolling the dice because Soto is such a tremendous player, but they are rolling the dice on a one-year rental. Maybe they, you know, maybe they get an extension done before the season, but we got to remember that Scott Boris is his agent, and, of course, those guys always end up going to free agency. Aaron Judge this morning on Good Morning America on his team getting Juan Soto. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's uh, he's a generational talent. You know, we gave up quite a few, you know, special pitchers uh, in the package, but 
I think everybody everybody in Pinstripes is looking forward to having Juan Soto, Grissom, you know, Verdugo, all those guys, you know, in Pinstripes. So it's going to be a, a fun year. I would have loved it if he just came out and said, this sucks. This is total BS. I'm the man. They yeah. told me I'm the man, and that's it. <laughs> well, you're always hurt, so that's a yeah. bit of a problem. You want to be the man, you got to get out there on the diamond and give them 140 games a year so that they can get all that production out of you. Uh, I don't think it's a roll of the dice at all. I see the point you're making, but it's a roll of the dice if a team like the A's or the Tigers or the Marlins – or the Pirates goes out there and trades up a bunch of prospects for a one-year rental or a potential one-year rental because you might not be able to convince them to stay and because you're an organization that doesn't spend a lot of money, so you need to hit on your prospects. You need to bring those guys up. This is the New York Yankees we're talking about. It's time they started acting like the Yankees. Who cares Uh if he only has a year left? Get him in. He helps you win now. That's who you are when you're the New York Yankees. You're not worried about three years down the road. You're not worried about having a really deep, replenished farm system. You're worried about having a big league roster that goes out there and competes for World Series. Juan Soto will help you compete for a World Series. And given that he's in a contract year, you can assume, or you should assume, that you're going to get the very best of Juan Soto because he's going to want to get paid. And given how you're in New York, you should feel pretty confident that you're able to convince the guy that the lifestyle as a star player for the New York Yankees is one that works in the great city of New York. So I don't think it's a dice roll at all. This is what you do when you're the Yankees. It's time they finally started acting like it. Ah, uh, my friend, you are falling into the trap. What you trap are falling is that? into the classic New Yankee superstar trap right here. Here's why it's rolling the dice. You have Juan Soto, and you want to keep him long-term. He has, he has been a guy in his career, while an incredibly dynamic offensive player, goes through stretches where he doesn't play particularly well. For instance, the start of last season, he had a pretty bad April. We have seen other star players come in and go through that bad stretch. And inevitably, when they come in with that hype, you know, they'll give you a week, they'll give you two weeks, they might even give you a third week, but it's coming. And if you don't snap out of it, all of a sudden, you're going to start getting hammered by the fans like, hey, you're supposed to be this guy, you're not delivering right now. And they start booing, and it starts to get to be a bit of an ugly situation. Now, guys like Jason Giambi went through it, um, I don't know that Matsui ever went through it, but there, were, there have been other guys that have gone through this. And most of them handle it okay. Not all of them. That's what I want to know. I am looking for, and this is, this is going to sound like this is me just being a sadistic jackass that I can be. Mm, what, am no. I lo- what, what am I most looking forward to? The first three-week stretch of the year where Juan Soto is not hitting the Yankees are losing some games, and the fans start booing them. And it's not because I want to see that happen. It's because I want to see how he handles it. It's a great point. And if you know it, and other people have discussed it before, the Yanks know it. And you've got to understand that part of the evaluation when you're thinking about making this trade is the mental makeup for this guy. Is he going to be able to handle something like that? Go back to when he was, what, a rookie? Who did he replace in Washington? Bryce Harper. What did he do the first year? Play huge in the playoffs and win a World Series. 
that seems to me like a guy who'd be able to handle something like that. How old was he when he made that run with the Nationals? Like, wasn't he like 19 years old, 20 years old, and he was filling in for Bryce Harper, He's one of the best ever right doing? now, so let's do the math. He was 21. Yeah, 21 years old, he takes over for Bryce Harper in mm-hmm. a city that, definitely not New York, but it's D.C. It's not some sm- soft, small market. Like, those, those fans want to win. And on top of that, not only does he fill in for the guy, but he fills in admirably and helps him win a World Series. I, I, I'm not saying it's the same as New York, but if you're through that as a 21-year-old and you succeed, I think you'll be able to handle what they throw your way in April come, come the Bronx. I want to bring in Evan here, who is a big-time Yankee fan, and uh, get his take on this. Because, Evan, you know that stretch is coming. You, and am I wrong? Give me the time frame. Yeah. Is it two weeks? What does he get when he goes through that first stretch of struggling before they start booing? Hey, I love how you went to me when Handman's wearing the Yankee jersey today. Great call by <laughs> I don't know why I thought I love, Handman was a Met fan. Love the love the air on That's air. A terrible time here. job by me. I think I think Yankee fans have gotten soft over the last couple of years. They gave Joey Gallo a ton of time before they started booing him. Aaron Hicks got basically two years before Yankee fans turned on them. I think. Yankee fans are just happy to have Juan Soto, and I honestly think they're they're going to be patient with him because I think Yankee fans have gotten softer than they were in years past. Well, they're broken a little bit. They're a little broken. There's been a lot of heartbreak over the last how many years, and it's not a team that contends year in and year out like they used to. And they lost. A terrible job by me. Thought you were a Met fan. I don't know why that was in my head, and that's why I didn't go to you. Yet there you are in the Yankee jersey. So let's have it. What do you got? I mean, this is this is the guy. Start spreading the news. I, but I mean, but Handman, when he goes through that 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 bad stretch, how long are you giving him before it starts to get ugly? Classic uh, situation. So, hey, so Handman, give now. me your opinion. But as you start, I'm going to immediately interrupt you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Evan brought up Joey Gallo. I mean, Yankee. It's, it has only been a couple of years since we've had to endure that as Yankee fans. So I think that the patience is going to be better for a guy like Juan Soto. Uh, listen, I, Juan Soto is an incredible player. And I, I heard one guy, Andy Martino uh, from SNY, laying out the case of how his numbers actually compare to Ted Williams at the early part of his career. And it's 100 percent true. I'm excited to see it. But at the same time, I want to know what that looks like, because if you're Soto at the end of this and you're going to get the money anywhere, Joe, you know, maybe you start to think I could get it in a little bit of a softer market and feel better about myself instead of instead of getting hammered all the time. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.